0: We're going to kick off the weekend with some good news. I don't know about you, but this has been a weird and exhausting week, and some good news might help make the weekend just a bit better. It's a story of leadership that is actually leadership, and it involves the most controversial issue of our time. So as is required of good leadership, it also involves courage, which I'd argue you can't be a leader without at least some courage. But the best part it involves a bishop of the church in the United States. I know, I'm shocked too. So let's dive into the story of a bishop doing what should be obviously the right thing to do, but so few of his peers have done the same thing as the bishop we're talking about. But before we get started, I wanted to continue to make the call for submissions to the blog, return to I can't offer payment for submissions at this time, but the blog does get hundreds of hits each day, so feel free to submit your art, poetry, opinion pieces or reflections via email. A link is in the description. Also, by popular request, I have a PO box, so you can send real mail. Send your hate mail, bricks, prayer cards, or whatever to the address in the description of this video. Finally, if you want to support the work of this channel, you can do so for as little as a dollar each month on Patreon and Subscribestar. As always, a special thank you to the patrons of this channel. Now, on to the news. The story I'm referring to is that of Bishop Rocky of Illinois. The state legislature of Illinois just passed one of the most draconian laws in the country regarding abortion, with the Orwellian-named Reproductive Health Act which declares legal child slaughter to be a fundamental right in the state of Illinois, and would remove regulations on child slaughter clinics and doctors, which is mildly terrifying because that includes removing the requirements that protect the health of the women receiving the services in the case of emergencies arising during that evil procedure. Some of the regulations repealed by the bill are regulations for slaughter clinics, including waiting periods to obtain an abortion and a pan- and a ban on partial birth abortion. In addition, the bill lifts criminal penalties for performing abortions and would prevent any further state regulation of abortions. Now, I'm a political scientist, so I'm really not sure how you can, a legislature can pass a bill preventing a future legislature from doing certain things. But I'm surprised that. But I'm not surprised that they're trying to do so anyway the legislature would require all private health insurance plans to cover elective abortions and eliminate reporting requirements, as well as regulations requiring the investigation of maternal deaths due to abortion. So, true to form, these people are going to treat the legal slaughter of babies as just another health issue, joining several other states in making pacts with the devil. The bill is expected to pass the Senate and get signed into law by the Moloch worshipper of a governor in the next several days. Our story of courage comes from Bishop Paprocki, who declared that state legislative leaders may not be admitted to Holy Communion in his diocese, and that Catholic legislators who voted for legislation promoting abortion, meaning not just this bill, but all recent abortion-related bills, should not present themselves to receive Holy Communion until they've first gone to confession. Now remember, to confess a sin means that you must repent of the sin, and have a firm purpose of amendment to not do that sin again. That's a heavy lift for any member of the party of Moloch, or in the Moloch wing of the party of Usury and War, especially in a state where a bill of that nature is expected to pass easily through the state legislature. Here's what the the bishop had to say in his decree. Quote, in accord with Canon 915 of the Code of Canon Law, Illinois State Senate President John Cullerton and Speaker of the House Michael J. Madigan who facilitated the passage of the Act Concerning Abortion of 2017, House Bill 40, as well as the Reproductive Health Act of 2019, Senate Bill 25, are not to be admitted to Holy Communion in the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois because they have obstinately persisted in promoting the abominable crime and very grave sin of abortion, as evidenced by the influence they exerted in their leadership roles and their repeated votes and obdurate public support for abortion rights over an extended period of time. These persons may be readmitted to Holy Communion only after they have truly repented these grave sins and furthermore have made suitable reparation for damages and scandal, or at least have uh, seriously promised to do so as determined in my judgment or in the judgment of their diocesan bishop in consultation with me or my successor. He wrote that in his decree, which is dated June 2nd. Now, you may be thinking, what's the big deal? They're auto-excommunicated anyway for supporting that bill. And you'd be right, except for one problem. That auto-excommunication is never, ever enforced, at least here in the land of the living. (laughs) It'll be enforced when they die, but that's another story. Just think back to the number of the party of Moloch members and candidates who are self-professed Catholics, who receive the Eucharist on a weekly basis, and then support legal child slaughter, while also supporting gender ideology sexual perversion, and every manner of social issue that the church stands against. They do so without being barred from receiving the Eucharist most of the time, even if the law of the church automatically bars them from the sacrament. Without enforcement, canon law is meaningless. For once, it is nice to see canon law enforced against Catholics who aren't trying to say the traditional mass or adhere to traditional teachings of the church, like Extra Ecclesium nulla Salus or the like. But the bishop's decree goes further. I declare that Catholic legislators of the Illinois General Assembly who have cooperated in evil and committed grave sin by voting for any legislation that promotes abortion are not to present themselves to receive Holy Communion without first being reconciled to Christ and the Church in accord with Canon 916 of the Code of Canon Law. In issuing this decree, I anticipate that some will point out the Church's own failings with regard to the abuse of children." The same justifiable anger we feel toward the abuse of innocent children, however, should prompt an outcry of resistance against legalizing the murder of innocent children. The failings of the church do not change the objective reality that uh, the murder of a defenseless baby is an utterly evil act. We also understand many p- unplanned p- pregnancies come with fear and difficulty. It is our obligation as a society to be there for these pregnant mothers, help them in any way possible, and empower them to make life-affirming decisions. This also includes continued support for the mother and her child after birth. We must acknowledge a child in the womb is not a problem. He or she is a gift from God. End quote. Note that the bishop acknowledges the weaponization of the abuse crisis against the church. Like I said earlier in the week, get used to that. It is the new normal. It's a positive sign that some of the bishops are recognizing that, and instead of backing down, are forcefully speaking and acting in defense of life, knowing full well that they will receive all manner of hate and vitriol from Moloch worshippers in the country. One can only wonder what the diocesan offices are like in the aftermath of that decree. Are the phones getting bombarded with angry calls? Are email inboxes being overwhelmed with tirades against the church? The example this week of Father Kevin Cusick is illustrative. On Twitter, Father Cusick decided to tweet a series of messages saying things like, women should dress modestly at mass, including having shoulders covered, and that sort of thing, only to be overwhelmed with the most satanic hate imaginable, including homosexual, pornographic imagery, accusations that the priest himself is a sexual predator, and the kind of hate, more broadly, that only comes with demonic influence. If anyone watching this works in the diocesan offices of Springfield, Illinois, let me know if there have been an influx of angry messages received because the bishop dared to stand for the truth of the faith in the face of an increasingly evil society. The broader culture is falling into greater and greater evil because of the sins of Catholics who refuse to submit to the teaching of the church on issues of sexual morality. This goes beyond merely falling into sin, which most of us do from time to time. I'm talking about the systematic and willful disregarding of sexual morality, usually done in the name of personal conscience, that has led to this satanic temple of a society that we live in today. When corruption is as pervasive as it is, we should all be thankful when a bishop stands up for the truth. And the truth he did defend, for his statement also reminds lawmakers of the 2,000-year prohibition against abortion, and warned the lawmakers about receiving the Eucharist unworthily, which leads to damnation. This is the bare essence of the faith, that to be in communion with the church and with Christ, we must go forth and sin no more, that we must pick up our crosses and follow him. That doesn't typically involve advocating for grave sins against nature, like child slaughter. Thank God for bishops who have a spine. It is far too rare a commodity these days among our shepherds. It is seriously a very surreal experience to watch that some of these bishops in the U.S. who you would expect to take a public and hardline stance have remained silent on these kinds of issues and haven't taken action, while others whom you wouldn't expect to act have acted, and have acted with courage. Perhaps we're witnessing a separation of the wheat from the chaff, or at least a foreshadowing of what that might look like. What must come next is a separation of the church from the state, That sounds like something that goes against Catholic teaching, but here's what I mean by that. Many of the bishops receive money from the federal government through various nominally Catholic nonprofit organizations to implement various policy programs of the federal government. One of the more notorious of these is Refugee Resettlement, a program for which the USCCB receives hundreds of millions of dollars each year. There are other programs, too, that show that our collection offerings mean little to the bishops. What well, must come next is a rejection of the federal funds by the bishops because of the evil nature of many of these programs, even if they seem on the surface to be in line with the values of the church. Federal funding muzzles the bishops. You would be very hesitant to criticize or work against your paymaster if they paid you enough money to fund the bulk of your diocesan operations each year. And that is how the money works. The programs, whatever they happen to be, are done by the nonprofits, but the bishops take a not inconsequential cut of the money, which they use to fund diocesan operations. The more corrupt ones are likely skimming off the surface. If you've ever wondered how these bishops can afford some of the things that they do, that may be how they afford their lifestyle. That money needs to stop. I'm hopeful that it will stop, especially as the investigations into the corruption of the hierarchy continue. I am confident that we would have more bishops with the courage to speak out as they should against legal child slaughter or first deadly sin month or the normalization of pornography or the normalization of pedophilia that we see happening or anything else you can think of if they weren't muzzled by the various federal grant programs, the nonprofits they oversee receive, which are reviewed annually for compliance. Remember what sacred scripture says about the love of money and then thank God for brave bishops. Thank you for listening and for your support. If you want to support my work, there are options in the description of this video. I ask that people continue to pray and do acts of penance for the liberation and exaltation of the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Viva Cristo Rey.